Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world who knows that the U.S. Postal Service could never win the WBC. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and on today's show, we will be popping open the mailbag. Damn, you, you don't think they could qualify? You don't think the U.S. US Postal Service? It's an interesting uh, thought. Japanese Postal Service throws too many splitters. <laughs> that's true. I would definitely pick them if we, if we were taking all the, all the postal services across this great planet jake it is monday it is labor day but not when we're recording this we're recording this on friday morning ahead of the weekend this is going to be a super special mailbag episode i know we've done some of these in the past but this is probably going to be the most mailbag questions we answer in one um episode and we figured uh, because we we're going to be at a wedding on sunday night and not wanting to be recording a podcast on monday morning and because it is labor day this is a perfect time to do that. So we'll be back with more live, uh, timely reactions to news around the baseball world on Wednesday. But until then, we're about to ask answer many fantastic questions from you fine folks. You can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. And the quality and quantity mm. of emails has improved immensely you in folks recent are, months. You folks are picking it up, getting hot down the stretch. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, you are, you are, yeah, you're sending emails at the right time. We love to see it. Uh, remember to subscribe to the show. Mm-hmm. rate and review tell your friends about it yeah if you think any part of the show sucks let us know let's dive right into the mail bag and yes. begin with mark 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 says feel free to pick whichever one is your favorite and mark we're going to do that because one of your questions is better than the other <laughs> if you could become president of baseball ops or gm for any franchise what would you choose would you go the easy route and pick an already successful franchise would you want to conduct your own rebuild or join a team like the Nationals that is already halfway through one? Or would you go the I think I can fix him route and prove your GM skills on the White Sox or A's or something? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jordan? So it is probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, on one hand, I think about a guy like Alex Anthopoulos who joined the Braves when they were already in pretty good shape, but has continued to strengthen them. And now everyone thinks he's just like one of the best. And now he's chilling. Yeah. Well, if you take a the Braves, I mean the Braves are a good example. Let's say they tell Alex Anthopoulos, "Sorry, dude, it's my job now." Like I, I have to do so little over the next little while. But I think that like they, they have so like they're six of their position players are just we know who they're going to be. Jordan's approach to this question is, "Where can I do the least no, but, amount but this is of what work?" I'm saying. That that is that is an option, right? That is that is okay. the Braves, right? The Braves are really the only one like that. At the same time, that's no fun. If if we have the dream of running a baseball team, like I would yeah. want to run the baseball team. So, so I think it's somewhere closer to the middle, like something that has maybe a little bit more promise than Detroit or Kansas City rebuild. Like honestly, Cincinnati's an interesting one, but then you start worrying about spending. So what, do you have an obvious answer? I think I actually just came up with a good one. For me, so one thing to know about Jake Mintz is that I'm a selfish person. Yeah. And so if I'm picking a team, my only requirement is if I win, am I a legend? 
That's <laughs> okay. all I care about. Yeah. So where is that true? Cleveland. T- Cleveland. Seattle. Texas has never won. Um, I would are, probably those say those are the three like way San up Diego there. San Diego has Pitts- never won. Pittsburgh is an interesting option. Correct. San Diego has never won. I, San Diego. Ooh, that's an interest. That's a really interesting. Oakland. One. Keep the you win in twenty four. We keep the team there. All <laughs> oh, right. Win, win immediately in Oakland. Okay. We're, we're, sure. we're winning in twenty four. <laughs> I'm getting the job. I'm not you, taking that job. Sorry, David Force. Yeah. This is me now. Okay. The job I would least want. Yeah. The job I would least want would be. The Yankees, yeah, for sure. I think the job not I think fun. One that jumps jumps to the top of my mind in terms of resources, fan base, trending in the right direction, good roster is is the Cubs. Yeah. Because like that's one I know it. You're not going to top 2016, but in terms of like how freaking sweet it would be to win with the Cubs, yeah. like that's way up there. But I, I also do like the notion of right. Where are you a legend? It's the team. Where that am I getting a, a baseball team's logo <laughs> carved into my tombstone? That's how I think about okay. transactions and analysis. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Let's question. move forward. You, Next question is from Ryan Poff. Mm-hmm. Ryan says, Howdy folks. Which team will have a season over 500 first? Royals, A's, White Sox, or Angels? Love this question. Love this question. I love this. I never get tired of, of debates like this. You know, we compare rebuilds and divisions like Reds, Pirates. We compare Royals, Tigers. Let's. The answer them. to any question like this is AL Central. Ooh, well, we have two options here. That's what I'm AL saying. Central. So A's and Angels. I agree. Out of the I picture. think the White Sox are actually my first pick. I think so too. Things are looking up on the South Side. Not, not. I mean, again, we just talked on Friday about how I'm not optimistic, but I still think there's enough there for them to like randomly win 83 games next year. Because yep. especially now that I know that they do want to try and win next year, not that I think they're going to like build a World Series team. I still like where they're at relative to where Kansas City is at. So totally agree. The first and the Angels and A's are obviously just heading to despair. Great question, I would though. say the A's finish over 500 next before the Angels. Easily. I, I think the Not current, easily. Not easily. Who's on the, the Angels next year? Still better baseball players than the A's. You want to put money on that? For next season? No, I'm saying the nec- next time one Dude, of the... Who Oakland's does it first? so far away from winning. I'll take Oakland over <laughs> Anaheim. Next over 500 season. Oakland over okay. Anaheim. I don't think it's easy. I think you can make a good case. I, I would not bet on it, but I don't think okay. it's that obvious. Great. Very interesting. Next question, question from Hannah. Hannah says, hi, Jake and Jordan. A hearty mazel tov on all the smachot. That is uh, a Hebrew word. I was wondering, what is the most Jewish about baseball? <laughs> Incredible question. Been following the pod and content for a decade now. Thanks for loving baseball as you do and sharing its joy with the world. Thank you, Hannah. What is the most Jewish about baseball, Jordan? The constant failure. Right. If I was going to say the constant worry. The worry <laughs> and the failure. Uh, I think that the Jewish people in our history, we are hitting 300 and surviving. Yeah. Three out of 10 times. <laughs> we get out of there and seven times. Right. I was going to say something about like, right, survival, keep coming back. <laughs> the neurotic disbelief in a closer. Like if you're, if you're like rooting for the Orioles- and Felix Bautista's out there, and you're like, he's going to mess it up. He's going to mess it up. And it's like, actually, yeah. no, he's the best closer. In the, right. In the the constant worry, regardless of how good things are. That's Correct. a great, that is, a, I think that is the a great The irrational neuroticism. That is more of a modern Jewish thing, right? Jews in America, like, we're chilling for the most part. Yeah. Even though our history says it's not. And that's like the Orioles bullpen, right? It's yeah. like, we're, it's fine now, but, you know, 
there was a lot of Asher Wojciechowski at one point. Next question is from Ryan Cahill. He says, generally speaking, left-handed first basemen have a defensive advantage via their angle to the throws coming from the rest of the infield. My question is, would this defensive advantage be worthwhile for a right-handed first baseman given how infrequently they need to make throws? Can't most MLB players throw roughly 60% with their opposite hand as well? So this question is basically positing, should first baseman to throw righty just be lefty now (laughs) because they don't have to throw the ball that much? And here's what I have to say to this. Um, Ryan, thank you for emailing us. This is a bad question. No, <laughs> I love. The I assumption. love that you're thinking outside the box here, but um, no. And also, can most only players throw roughly sixty percent as well? No, no, no way. A couple clips of you, Darvish, throwing a flat ground lefty <laughs> has warped your mind. And I promise you, none of them would ever want to agree to do that. Correct. Our next uh, email. But thanks for listening and emailing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry next, for being mean. Our next email is from Matthew. Matthew says, "Longtime listener, longtime fan. Wow." Thanks, Matthew. Who wins in an all-time nine-inning birthday game? Jake's birthday coming up this week or Jordan's birthday? March 10th is my birthday. September 5th is your birthday. Uh, Jake, let's pull up the rosters. We're not going to pull up. We're not going to make full rosters here. But in terms of notable players, I like your chances. I think you have multiple Hall of Famers and I have none. So give me give me some of the highlights of your September 15th. Yeah, I mean, we have a we have an issue at second base. Because we have Nap LeJoie and Bill Mazeroski. So one of those guys is going to have to probably just move over short and wear it. I yeah. think I'm confident in my shifting ability. Who's your best pitcher? Uh, well, I just want uh, Stephen Kwan will be playing oh. center field. You have Stephen Kwan and uh, Logan Allen, uh, both Cleveland uh, and, young guns. Yeah. Uh, and I have uh, Jaron Duran. So oh it's my a pretty Jaron Duran. a turf toe. So we're playing tomorrow. I like my chances. Yeah. But Jaron oh Duran, is this tall Chris Young? No, this is outfielder Chris Young. So that's okay. a good outfield. Steve McQuan, Chris Young, Jaron Duran with Nap Lejoie and Bill Mazeroski. Yeah, I think you're kicking my ass. Uh, here is what I have really of, of note. I have my my all-time war leader. Again, you, you have Nap is a guy named John Briggs, who is an outfielder in the uh, 60s, who was just like a totally okay. average outfielder for the Phillies. So like, that's not a great sign. No. In terms of guys that people like actually have heard of recently, I'm sending Mike Timlin to the mound, you know, Ooh. 18 year big league career. So yeah, we're again, sending you to the woodshed. Yeah. Man. So again, now he only started four games. So I mean, even if I'm getting long relief from Timlin, that's probably not a good sign. In terms of recent guys, the most exciting recent addition is Luke and Baker. <laughs> Luke and Baker, March 10th birthday, the gigantic uh, first baseman DH for the Cardinals. But don't you have Dion Vicieto on there? I have Dion Vicieto. I don't know if he's still in Japan, but it's it's really, really, like Tyke Redman. Like, it is not a good... I honestly now want to see if I have, like, one of the lowest wars in birthday history. So I'm going to have to ask Sarah Langs about that because it really does feel that way. It is, it is not something. I, I have all these great celebrities... Uh, non-baseball related, but like Osama bin Laden, like Osama bin Laden, but also you know I got Carrie Underwood, I Chuck got Norris. I got Chuck Norris, I got Timbaland, I got John Hamm, I got Olivia Munn, like that. But baseball wise, it's pretty bleak. So I like your uh, the uh, team September fifth. Moving forward, next question is from Nathan Hall. Nathan Hall says, "Hello, Jake and Jordan. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on how the sport can increase front office transaction literacy. Twitter is a hellscape." But it's a hellscape I find myself lost in. And whenever an MLB team tweets out a transaction, there is always a series of replies from people who can't decipher the reasons behind why their team called up James Naley for the third time instead of Tink Hence. 
James Nail? <laughs> James Nail? You don't know James Nail? No, I don't know. You never heard of James Nail? Oh, never my God. heard of him. Jake, Sorry, I'm not watching the Cardinals. Even if you don't host a podcast. <laughs> also, my wife and I had our first kid back in June. It made me think a lot about my relationship to baseball from my youth until now. The first players I truly remember rooting for were JD Drew and So Taguchi. Now I'm trying to project who those players will be for my kid. Sounds like it's going to be James Nailey. <laughs> who are those players for you? Love the pod. Nathan from the Blacked Out Lands. I assume that's, oh yeah, Iowa, not uh, yeah. a alcohol bender. No. So transaction literacy. They don't want you to understand. Okay, that's important to know. They certainly don't care. If they certainly don't care if you understand or not. They want you to buy a ticket and clap your hands when you go to the ball yard. Right. That's it. Um, speaking of that, Players that you remember growing up, rooting for at the beginning, like for you, Sammy Sosa was your guy, but was he like the first player you remember for me? Definitely. Still, was, definitely still Sammy Sosa. Okay. Sammy Sosa, and then, you know, eventually sort of because some of that Cubs carried over was Derek Lee. And I wasn't really a Cubs fan when I was 10, but I love Derek Lee. And and some of the Marlins too. I think Dontro Willis also stands out as someone who okay. very early on in his career, I was like, that guy's cool. I think I was probably watching more baseball at a younger age than you. Yes. Just because of how yes. diehard O's fans my whole family is. Yes. And so I obviously remember Ripken very vividly. When I think back to early memories, those Orioles teams, I think about Ripken. I think about Chris Hoyles, BJ Serhoff, David Segui. I think about Buddy Groom. Uh, those are like the O's that stick out of my mind. And then beyond that, it's Derek Jeter, unfortunately, and Byung Young Kim. Because one yeah. of my first memories is the 2001 World Series. Young Young Kim. So not Mariano Rivera. <laughs> not Mariano Rivera. <laughs> okay. I was like, who's this guy throwing all weird? Yeah. Right. I want to be like him. I want to be just like him when I grow up. <laughs> and I did. Next question is from Bennett. Question for the pod. Great. Great. I love, I love this. Subject line. One time in maybe 08 or 09, I was at a Pirates game, sitting in the 300 section way high above the first baseline. A bring your own radio guy, which is an amazing baseball thing that still exists was sitting two rows in front of us and spent the whole game loud talk heckling at then-pirate Nate McClough with lines like, you suck, McLousy, and you and McLousy, you suck. And to reiterate, this is all happening at a loud talk and we're in the nosebleeds. Then maybe in his third AB, McClough hits for extra bases and the heckler puts both hands on his head and his jaw falls open and he sits there for a few minutes like that. Like some guy who just learned that the moon is actually very big, just far away. Anyhow, anyway, how much should a pure hater be willing to pay for season tickets too far away from the field to even be heard? I'm going to slightly redirect this question with an idea. Well, also, Bennett does follow up and say, just to clarify, this isn't a real question. I just think about that guy a lot. Well, we're, we're treating it like a real question. Um... There should be a section for f- haters. Okay. The Yankees so we- have this in the bleachers. <laughs> well, we've also talked about like we've also talked about the kind of using like soccer visiting away right. fans. Like if we had a more concise section, I know like the Mets when they travel, they have guys that sit, you know, right. all the Mets fans sit together on the road, whatever. But Seven this lines. is an interesting one because I guess at this time he's he a home saying, hater. He's a home hater, right? The heckling of your own players is is clearly like, right. that is that is so many people that like to go do that. I think about this at baseball games all the time. There are so many different types of people at a baseball game, and 
the people who are similar are sitting apart from one another, right? They're disparate throughout the stadium. In English soccer, it's not just that there's like the hardo ultra section. You have a kid's section too. You have a family section. You have different areas for different types of people who want a different type of experience. So I would love if you walk into the ballpark and the person checking your ticket said, excuse me, are you a hater? Well, then you have to sit over here and then you get to your seat and it's all these other people who are replying uh, on Twitter <laughs> to tweets from the beat writer, right. right? Complaining about the lineup. About the lineup, it's yeah. like the Reds fans this guy's who a bum, DFA like, him. Think Joey Votto doesn't have enough RBIs. Right. It's like the haters sit together. The reply right. guys are all there. Yeah. Just isolate them. What I am actually really interested about in this email is that the bring your own radio guy is also the heckler. Because I feel like bring your own radio guy kind of keeps to himself. That's a lot of audio content. Yeah. Like, isn't. If he's screaming over his own head, I don't know. Very strange there. But anyway, I do agree with you. I think that if you kind of separate out at the same time, like I would curious what effect I would have on the hecklers because I think hecklers, they want attention, right? And so mm. they like being the only guy in the section screaming. Um, now, as for the also premise here, which Bennett is getting at in terms of the players not being able to hear them because you're in the nosebleeds. I mean, that's just, you know. Again, it's for who the, are you for heckling for? People, you're heckling for yourself. You're heckling for yourself. It's not about the player hearing you. It's that these people feel good yelling, booing, whatever. Which again, we can't totally relate to. But I that is the lot. That is my understanding right. of the enjoyment. Next question is from Zach, and then we will take a quick break. Tanking for the six seed, six, six, six. Jake and Jordan, appropriate for the Blue Jays. <laughs> If the Blue Jays slip, which could definitely happen given the injuries to Bichette, mm -hmm. could we see a team tank down the stretch to get the sixth seed so they can face the AL Central winner, probably the White, uh, the Twins, not the White Sox, sorry, and then the AL West winner rather than the Rays and the Orioles? If your team was in this situation, what would you want them to do? Keep up the great work as you guys are the best baseball podcast there is. I thought we were the Thanks, only Zach. baseball podcast. That's, that's, that's how you've introduced them. Uh Good question. We are, have already started to have this discourse last year when we had this new expanded postseason. Here are the two important things to know. The first point, which is a point I think you want to make, is just that teams, especially good teams, for no reason, even if they're resting guys, do not want to lose on purpose at this point of the season. You can't rather, really walk into the locker room as the GM and be like, all right, let's, uh, let's cool it. You can rest, guys. Here's why this specific thing is not going to happen. Yeah. Okay? Who are we talking about? Which teams are we talking about here? We're talking about the AL West. And yeah. Now, as it stands now, it's possible it could it could open up more. But right now, the Rangers, Mariners, and Astros, assuming they stay behind the Orioles and Rays for those two spots, they are still going to think they can win the division. Right. So it's it's going to be a weird thing where it's possible that the loser of the ALS race ends up getting to face the Twins, which or the Guardians when they go on this miraculous waiver wire uh, run. <laughs> um, would be better than, of course, yeah. facing whoever. But they're still, they are, all those, those teams are absolutely still going to be playing for a division, which is well worth pushing at the end. It's a needle not worth threading, yep. is kind of how I see it. All right, yep. let's take a quick break, mm -hmm. move our chairs into the shade as the sun <laughs> is cooking us outside here in my backyard. And we will be back with even more questions from the glorious mailbag. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a SiriusXM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world, and I get to share it with you every single week. 
Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast, a mailbag extravaganza. It is Labor Day. While you're listening to this, Jordan and I are both hungover. Uh, after a late night at a wedding of one of our longest friends, which is a funny thing to say about a friend, calling them long. Right. Yeah, long. Yeah. Because no, normally you would never say... Longest um, tenured friends. Longest tenured. But that's that's exactly what we're saying, right? And in, yeah. in baseball, you never say like, Adam Wainwright is the longest cardinal. <laughs> right? I mean, he kind of is, though. He is, but like, it, it is interesting. We don't... We, we, yeah, why don't we say that? Longest... Why, why, yeah. Weird. All right, let's move on. tenured friend. Is Our next so email comes from Dylan. Dylan says, this is, I guess, sort of related to our last question about, you know, tanking for the six seed. Dylan says, so we all just expect the Twins to get swept again, right? Uh, Dylan, with the subject line, Twins playoffs, sad face. So again, you know, Twins obviously haven't won. Uh, what is the most Jewish about baseball? <laughs> is is. is being sad that the Twins are going to lose before they have even done anything. I think we're both a little bit more optimistic that the Twins, their pitching is so is good enough now that I, I hope they can win a postseason game. Postseason game. And, and that's the saddest part is that Twins fans just want to win a freaking game. Just one game. Raise the banner for one game. It's like that part is sad in and of itself, but I also totally understand. I think they'll win a game. They're not going to get swept. Or or the Guardians, like, okay, would you rather the Guardians somehow catch you? No, you don't want that. No. Uh, one more thing from this uh, email. Oh, yeah. Love the pod. Fourth time emailing. Wow. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> Raise the no, banner. Long, yeah. Four, four time emailer. Jake, follow me back on Strava. Okay. <laughs> uh, next email is from Dalton. Dalton says, hi, Jake and Jordan. As a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Stuck in unfamiliar territory. I assume he means losing and not like Idaho. <laughs> this time of the year, I've had to entertain myself with watching our young, exciting players rather than looking at the standings. Welcome to our world as Mariners and Orioles fans. However, the subject of my question is the exact opposite of a young, or in this case, exciting player. Adam Wainwright, the longest Cardinal, <laughs> is currently fifth in wins among active pitchers with 198. It's no secret. He struggled this year, but does he have two quality starts in his last three appearances? What are his chances of reaching the 200-win milestone? Thanks, Dalton Wash. So, so here's my thought. Oh, yeah. The Cardinals, their only goal for September should be to get him two wins and like get Mason Wynn at bat. Here's my thought. Here's what I'm doing. I'm moving Wainwright to the bullpen. Okay. And I'm bringing him in in the fifth inning of a game I'm winning. Okay. So if I'm up four to one would, and then on, finish the game? No, you didn't have to finish the okay, game. Okay, yeah. You just what 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 is the win oh, rule? Oh, like the see, most you're, effective. Now you're counting on the right. <laughs> oh god. But that's because you're I'm saying, saying that's easier than him throwing yes. five innings, yeah. I think Adam Wainwright throwing five innings of quality winnable baseball oh. at this point, unfortunately, is unlikely. And Jeez. so the best shot you have is to deploy him in the fifth and the sixth of a game you're winning. And then have your other relievers struggle on purpose. See what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like if you're up seven so to one, funny. bring in Wayne. Talk about threading the needle. Who? You have to do this twice. Twice. <laughs> but he's a reliever. It's only two innings. So I think that's how you do it. Uh, I think uh, the funniest idea. I think the Ollie funniest Marmol, part about this. Ollie Marmol would definitely. The go funniest for this. part about this is being like, "Hey, Adam, we need you to be a reliever for the first time in like <laughs> ever." I guess he had like. 
one relief outing in 17. Um, he threw the curveball at Carlos Beltran. Yeah, that was like last year, year before. Four years ago. Um, I think... I think he gets one win and I think I'm just looking at the schedule. They have this road trip, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Baltimore. It's not happening oh. on that trip. He's oh. terrible at Cincinnati. Oh. So you're hoping that he carves up the the uh, Brewers, Phillies, Brewers. It's gonna have to be against the Brewers, I think. Um, but he needs two. He needs two. They play so the Brewers he, twice. They have two series left against Brewers. Okay, so that's a tough run. Brewers, and Phillies, Phillies Reds twice. Orioles. Yeah. They oh. got the Pirates this weekend. So Pirates this weekend. If he's not getting it this weekend, I'm really worried. Um, is but he it's slated? just man, he was five. I'm not sure. He was five wins away. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, we're recording this on Friday, so we will have known if he had gotten one by this point. But five wins away at the start of this season for a Cardinals team expecting to win the division. Yep. After he was good last year. Yep. Now he's got an eight ten ERA with three wins. All right, moving on. What's our next? Question? He is uh, slated to throw on Sunday. Okay. So by the time you're against uh, Oviedo, who just threw a complete game, <laughs> former Cardinal, former Cardinal. All right. Let's move forward. Adam Painwright, indeed. Adam Painwright, the longest cardinal. This is from James. Is it wrong? Yeah, it's always wrong. Is it wrong when a team has suddenly turned a corner to sometimes long for the days when they sucked and you didn't care about losses and every night was in a white knuckle stress headache? Signed, Bittersweet and Birdland. Jordan, isn't this oh, being this is, old? Yeah, but this is also just like such a perfect question for both of us, right? Here we are. Um <laughs> In Certainly the last two years, right? I mean, we think back to 2019, just enjoying the lack, as you mentioned, right? Stress-free. I can just watch. And then it's just, it's such a great thing. Cause like people are like, well, what it, don't you want your favorite team to win? It's like, yeah, yeah but sometimes, <laughs> but like when it is baseball and when it is an every night experience, sometimes it's nice to just have a companion. You don't really care who wins the last. Like, honestly, a lot of teams, like I've heard, Yankees fans kind of talk about this. It's like, I'm now enjoying that now that we've conceded, I don't have to worry about wins and losses. I just want to watch these players do their best. Right. The Yankees fans have been high strung for 29 Obviously, years. Obviously, that will change as soon as next season begins. Right. That's fine. But for right now, that it is some sweet relief that certainly is rare for Yankees fans. For us, we know we've clearly seen both sides of the spectrum. I've joked about this again, certainly. And, and now you will have to think about this again because you didn't get this last year. Is, is postseason baseball is a miserable time. I mean, yeah. It's a horrible experience, right? Awful. And so <laughs> I had a terrible time watching the Mariners in the postseason last year. I, I'm, I'm glad it happened, but it was it was awful. So heading towards that, <sighs> let alone the stress right now, if one thing, because the Orioles have been so far ahead, whatever. I, I get it. I, is it wrong? Absolutely not. Grass always greener, baby. Like when you're losing, you want to be winning. When you're winning, you want to be <laughs> mid, you know? And here's what I'll say. There is no greater joy as a fan than the turning point season. But that was last year. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The expectations are low and the results surpass them. Yeah. And this is part of my argument why the Orioles should not have traded Trey Mancini last year, even though that has, you know, turned out well. Yeah. And, you know, they got Yenny Cano for Jorge Lopez, whatever. The first year, you can never get that back. I know. You can never get that feeling back. You and your wife love each other very much. Me and my fiance love each other very much. Yeah. But there's nothing quite like young love, Jordan. <laughs> no. There's nothing quite like no, young and love. That's, and that's the thing about baseball is that, again, also not saying the Yankees have experienced, the cycles, right? The competitive cycles and windows of where you go up and down and Ask up and down. Any Yankees fan, they'll <laughs> tell you 2017 was their favorite. Right, <laughs> right, right. Right, exactly. Well, except for the band. Um, uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, next email is from David. Oh, this is also good. This is a little bit different than um, 
Yankees fans. My name is David, and I am a Padres fan. Oof, I know. Correct. This season has me some combination of not wanting to look at the Padres and unable to look away. This is how I feel. It's like a rubbernecking experience. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for you guys and how you've helped me keep in tune with the rest of the league, keeping baseball enjoyable. Thank you for all that you do. We appreciate it. We do it for the money. I have one question. If you had to pick one movie, one book, and one album to be buried alongside when you pass, what do you pick? I know it's not baseball related, but I couldn't think of an interesting topic, and I'd rather hear you guys think about this. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready off the jump. Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. My one book would be the dictionary. Interesting. Because that's helped you do your job and speak and write the most. Well, it's all the books, <laughs> if you think about books. it, right? All the books are in there. All the books are in there. Mm -hmm. If I get buried with any book, other than the dictionary, I'm going to miss some words. That's a good point. But you throw me in there with I the dictionary. That. Yep. I got all the words. And yeah, in depth, I can rearrange them as nothing I is, Nothing is missed. I got well, enough you, time. No, but see, you're probably missing out on particularly like some baseball vernacular that's not real words. Also, pr like proper <laughs> nouns. <laughs> proper nouns. Which is a huge part of life. Of life. <laughs> Imagine doing life without proper nouns. Um, Tough. Any book for you? Any book for me. I mean, like there are baseball books I've enjoyed, but I don't know. You didn't I, ask I, baseball books? I know, I know. Is there a... I don't know. I don't have a good answer to this. We're so uncultured. This is the other problem. I'm so uncultured. I won't speak for you. Movies is another one that if people have listened to this podcast who work with okay. us. People making movie references. I have one. Like, yeah, what's your movie pick? The ripped DVD of the Bryce Harper high school highlight tape oh, on YouTube. That's a great one. I was going to say in terms of musical album, I'm just Is taking, that a movie? I'm taking the... Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Mine would be the 2022 NL champion Phillies box set DVD. Oh. You know what I'm going to take? Dude, it's a movie. Yeah, gonna, that's what I was going to say. Anything could be a movie. It's a movie. It's 2023, man. Uh, Avril Lavigne debut album. That'll, that's, going in. that's going in for me. I would say Exile on Main Street from okay. the Rolling Stones would be my actual uh, album. I'm sorry that we don't have this. Is I, I, I always feel bad when people try and like get to know us more in terms of non-baseball stuff. It's not just like, mm, it's not I so mean, much. we have some political no, we, thoughts. We do. We have... it, like, it's not like we don't have other interests, but in terms of like... A, a, a wealth of other cultural artifacts. So, yeah. It's pretty relatively light. I would say, especially when it comes to film, film is yeah. a real... Talk about a blind spot. Blind spot. Go <laughs> listen to Tipping Pitches if you want film yeah. thoughts. Yeah. For us, I listen to a lot of music. Jordan hates music. Again, you've said that for a long time. I don't know what that means. It's my favorite joke. All right, <laughs> moving forward. Thank you for the question. Uh, let's move that. on to question from Jamie. Jamie says, love the show. Thanks for doing it. Again, do it for the money. Do it for the money. My question is basic star and asked a million times. <laughs> we do for the bitches, Jordan. <laughs> you had to Sorry. use one minor league stadium team experience to sell someone on the majesty of minor league baseball. Which one would you choose? We haven't asked this before, and I think we've given the same answer. It is a couple categories. First one that jumps to mind is Asheville. It depends on who you are as a person. Yeah. Because if you are foofy, mm. I'm sending you to like Frisco or something more really high nice end. Really ballpark. nice. Yeah. I'm wearing a Dayton Dragons hat right now. And I do think that like the Midwest League at its best is a has a really strong case because you don't want the my problem is that like the trip some of the AAA ballparks are too big. Yeah. And you don't it just feels like a small like it, it just doesn't like Indianapolis is nice, but it's just yeah, a Indy, big league park. Yeah, but exactly. No and some of the some of the other bigger ones like that. So I would want it to be a little bit more cozy. And of course, if you talk about Asheville, because that is as cozy as it gets, historic, small, weird, you know, there's quirks with the ballpark, 
that that's why that's but not shitty not shitty right because that's and and most of the i actually am curious now what is the shittiest ballpark left because unfortunately manfred has essentially murdered most of them we if you like camping you would love a shittier ballpark like that's more yes. rustic and outdoorsy. It has charm. Nashville does sort of fit that to some degree. Yeah, but it's now the the I don't know. What I'm the thinking worst of like affiliated one is left. Hagerstown, Old Beloit, Bakersfield. Yeah, Potomac. <laughs> I don't feel like Potomac had any charm. Like those other ones had charm because they they went in like a public park, even like high <laughs> desert. Like I don't know. That's the thing. I'm I'm actually really curious about that. What is the what is the worst one? Left. But Asheville is still a good answer. There's a lot of good A-ball ballparks that I think are fantastic. Next email is from Casey. Casey says, which MLB dynasty comes closest to the current dominant run from OU softball? Nobody. None of them. Nobody does. I mean, Oklahoma is you know losing zero to three games a year now. Um, so obviously from a winning standpoint, there's nothing close. Setting records every year. Best offense. Like This is the other interesting thing about the best teams in major league history is normally they're known more for one side of the ball than the other. And uh, in this case, they're the best at everything all the time. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So there's nothing like it. And um, that's, that's why people should pay attention to them and care about them because it is truly historic. Uh, but I don't know. I the mean, most, I guess, yeah, the most dominant some, dynasty, some Yankees, yeah, Yankees. the most dominant dynasty in baseball history is the 1950s Yankees as it's kind of in like there weren't that many teams yet. They were using some of these other big league clubs as like their own minor league <laughs> farm systems. The sport had not yet been fully integrated. There are people who, you know, when they hear 27 rings, make jokes about how the 50s don't count. That all being said, the Yankees were incredibly dominant during that time. Yeah. And that I mean, is really it, the best comparison. Yeah. I mean, they won, you know, five in a row. Six of seven, and then yeah. So you I, I think that is that is fuck. That dude. is definitely the answer. If we were alive in the fifties and the Yankees won five in a row, I would be like, we would not want to be. <laughs> Maybe big. that's why the NBA got popular around then. You know, football, all these other sports started popping up before then. Baseball was kicking everyone's <laughs> ass, boring as hell. It's like, oh, fuck, Yankees again. I gotta watch Yogi Berra. Right. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible time. Oh, all right. Next question is from Cameron. Cameron says, "Hi, Jacob. This is so good. Hi, Jacob Jordan." You guys are the best, and I love your show. Thank you. Thanks, As Cameron. a recently married man, just hit one Same, year, bro. I have to say congrats. Marriage is the best. Jordan, can you confirm? Yes. Uh, Marriage, good. I have never done it. so Working on it. Headed, you know, almost headed there. in the right direction. <laughs> First, the question, and then a comment. I was watching the Nats game the other day, and noticed this promotion. See attached photo for evidence. It says, $50 donation by Washington area Toyota dealers to the children's in at NIH for every strikeout by a Nationals pitcher. My immediate cynical thought was the Children's Inn will be lucky to get a thousand bucks this season. It also reminded me how Twitter says the kids are starving in Boston when the Red Sox suck. So my question is, which is the lowest risk of this kind of promo? What is the highest? Which company is getting the good PR without giving much up and which is just bleeding money? You're looking at Nats team strikeouts. Nats team strikeouts, 29th in strikeout rate uh, ahead of only Colorado. So totally fair thought. I think here. Um, I think really what is interesting is how strongly are these companies, charities, uh, thinking about these things when they prepare them before the season? They are thinking about a loose range of a budget. Mm -hmm. They're probably budgeting the high end and being happy with the low end. Right. 
Uh, well, no, I mean, again, it's nice to donate money to good causes, right? You know, so <laughs> happy with, thank goodness we didn't donate that too much money to this good cause. Obviously, right. in theory, that's the it's a good thing. You want to feel good about it. Your Washington area Toyota dealers, yeah, shouts out, no yeah. free ads. They are not expecting, yeah, like uh, Mackenzie Gore to become Spencer Strider. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. The, that's a good way to put it. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think right. Of course, there's there's obvious ones when you just think about. Like I think about there's also versions of like promotions that are they're not charity involves like the Rockies doing, you know, free tacos for seven runs at home. It's like, well, yeah, it's course field. Clearly they're trying to give away tacos. Right. <laughs> so there's versions of it where clearly you can tell that they wanted it to, to, to be a successful promo versus other times. Like like this one first. Just had a great article idea, a history of the Rockies fans getting free tacos. The most yeah. dramatic taco acquisition well, and the crazy thing about that is like i remember watching those games in like 20 11 12 like they would when they got to five runs they would like put up a thing i don't know if it was on the broadcast or also at the where it would be like two more runs until we, we get, get tacos, tacos. Like, yes this uh, is great. the worst type of promotion promotion is when it goes the other way it'd be like nih children's hospital will donate 50 dollars for every strikeout to toyota dealerships Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, Atlanta Braves charity will donate $100 <laughs> no, to Purdue Pharma for every home run. Yeah. I've never I've not seen that before. Hopefully that is not something that is uh, coming around the corner. Our next uh, email is from Bill. Shouts Bill, out Bill Miller. Bill Miller. Who's Bill Miller. Bill Miller is a uh, personal trainer, private hitting instructor, someone who I have read half of his book. Oh, there you go. Admitting I didn't finish the book. Sorry, Bill. Probably not going in I got, with you. I got big <laughs> ADHD. Nothing against you, Bill, but I, I am a big fan of Bill Miller. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Jack Sawinski's guy. Jack Sawinski's guy. All right. He's Jack, shouts no, that's, out. That's a good Jack one. Jack Sawinski's guy. Um, he asks, fantasy baseball regular season ending soon. What should our league's punishment be for last place? Classic. This is, of course, become a thing in fantasy football. We saw. You have to be buried with us. <laughs> we saw Dave Fleming, Giants broadcaster. I would say get to be the ball boy for the Giants. Apparently, that was a punishment for finishing in last place. So for Bill's league, we don't know anything about this league, who's in the league, whatever. What is a funny punishment? That's not like, again, like, you know, oh, people. <laughs> my, Physical my pain having, is not funny. To no, me. and like, oh, like take the SAT. Like, that's funny for a few minutes, and then it's like, what is, You're we're, still not, doing we're not enjoying this. So let's keep it baseball related. You have to watch every A's game from 2023 yeah. and rewind. Oh yeah, like yes. After the fact, you gotta you gotta lock in, and oh, no, see that's not really possible. Eat I was a baseball. Say, I was thinking about this with the Royals recently. It's just like for the Royals and the A's. It's just like thank God for the pitch clock. I mean, if you're a broadcaster there, right? Like if you watching some of these bullpens. So I was gonna say if there was some way to like do watch that and there wasn't a pitch clock. Okay, but that's not really possible. I got one. Yeah, you got one more. You have to pay for a ballpark proposal. Oh boy! In three consecutive games with three different women oh, or men, so good. Three consecutive games, and you have a different person on the big screen, and it's you getting down on a knee. Oh, oh, three oh, straight oh, so times, <laughs> back to back to back games, and it's like, you know, Janine, will you marry me, Bill? And then it cuts to you, and you're proposing to Janine, and everyone claps. And then you come back the next day. And you have to propose Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have to propose to someone completely different and see if anything happens. 
I love this. Three straight ballpark proposals. This is <laughs> I mean, these are hired actors. Like, who who are you? Who are the let's women get, that you're getting to do this? Let's get three or men. Like, three who, buddies. Okay, let's get your buddies out that. there. I love that. Uh, That's awesome. All right, next question comes from Robert. Okay. Robert says, "Hey guys, listening to the Otani emergency pod on my walk." It's from a couple weeks ago. It's better than listening to the Otani pod on, a, on an <laughs> emergency walk. I had a thought when Jordan mentioned people thinking that he might be more likely to stay in Anaheim where he's comfortable and can control his rehab. I, I, I guess I, I didn't mention that as if I believed it, but that is people something people were saying. Robert's idea. My idea. Seven years, $350 million with an opt-out after every single season. Then he can be a free agent again whenever he wants if the Angels continue to be the Angels. Guess what? They will. They will. <laughs> Spoilers. Would, would, the team, would the team be desperate enough to keep him around for at least one more season to give him all the power with a contract like this? Is this as dumb an idea as my initial instinct says it is? No. Not at all. I think this is actually a really good idea, and I think that opt-outs could very well end up being a fascinating... This may have been true even before he got hurt, by the way. Yeah. Because, again, if we talk about what Otani wants, which none of us actually know, if we assume it's winning, it's not about money, it's not necessarily going to be about... Like, for him, it's not, oh, opt-out so that I can get more money. It's opt-out so that, oh, my team sucks, I don't like where we're going, okay, never mind, I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's obviously one of the more chaotic kind of outcomes of his whole free agency. But I think it's totally plausible. I think there's all kinds of teams that would want to offer something like that. It is then, especially because for them, it might be easier to sell to ownership being like, hey, we are not necessarily committing 1000% to, to giving this guy $60 million when he's 41. You know, like he might leave before that, which I know is not the point, but we might get him this year. So we'll right. let's give it a try. If that is the case, it's important to remember that there are teams who just don't give opt-outs. That's true. They just are like a no opt-out team. Agreed, but also... You would think that this is when that would not be relevant anymore. But fair question, not dumb at all, Robert. Thank you for the suggestion. Thank, uh, Nez Bolello appreciates the suggestion. I'm Nez sure. Bolello is listening to the pod like, oh. Uh, this email is from Seth. He says, "Has any player gone from MVP level to complete anonymity faster than Chris Bryant?" Really bumps me out to see how fast you fall off the map. Enjoy your work. Thanks, Seth. So here's the deal with Chris Bryant. Yes, I'm jealous. <laughs> Chris Bryant, I can't pretend to know him personally because I do not. You but sure can't. He's living a good life, relatively. He is in the mountains in Denver. Maybe he's living in Boulder, going on hikes, bike rides, smelling that fresh Colorado air. Yeah. And he does not have to worry much about playing baseball. No, when Chris Bryant signed that big contract with the Rockies, he was saying au revoir to relevance, <laughs> and he knew it. And part of the reason that I'm sure he felt comfortable making that decision is because he had already accomplished everything there was to accomplish. Okay. He had won a World Series. He had won an MVP. He'd won a Rookie of the Year. He did it. Golden Spikes. Like, Golden Spikes. Player of the Year. What else was there for Chris Bryant to do? Right. He conquered. He conquered the world. Okay. Here is so, my, yeah. The, so, like, for me, I think fans think people give a shit about the Hall of Fame. And we talked about this on the Strasburg pod. I don't think Chris Bryant really ever thought about the Hall of Fame too much. Mm. I'm not saying that he signed with the, the Rockies to take a big bag of money and go away and be lazy the rest of his life. Like, he wants to succeed. Yeah. But when you sign that contract with that team, that organization in that city, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. I agree. I think that's all true. And especially when you're being offered that much more to go to a certain place. I mean, I, I still understand it from Seth's perspective. And I, I guess I don't know what Seth's fan of is, but it's just like, if you like watching Chris Bryan and like wanted to see him play a lot and like yeah. be in big moments, like, yeah, that's a bummer to not really get to see that anymore. So I, that I understand if he's one of your favorite players, but in terms of like, right, like, Oh, it's a bummer. feel bad for him. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. 
I think the funniest outcome would be, so he has, I think, five more years on the contract. Holy shit. <laughs> um, my desired outcome is he basically doesn't play very often for the next while. And somehow someone comes in and fixes Colorado. And then at the end of his contract, he yeah. gets to like win with the Rockies. Not like anytime soon. At the very he gets traded back to the Cubs when they're good. That's also possible. Uh, all right. I think any more before we get to our grand finale? Or yeah, get- one more. Okay, one more. Eric. Hey, fellas. I've got a ridiculous question that seems right up your alley. Sounds like it. I've often in my life heard people say there's not a bad seat in the place when talking about a ba- baseball park. With that said, what do you think is the single worst seat in any of the 30 major league baseball stadiums? I think the answer is pretty subjective, but I imagine you will have some feelings on this. Correct. First pick is any obscured view seat at either Fenway or Wrigley Mm -hmm. where the pole is in front of you Mm -hmm. and you got to like lean to the left or the right the whole time to watch the game. Yeah. And those do exist still. Some say a part of the charm, but like not if you paid a lot of money to sit there for a playoff game. Uh, So that sucks. That's definitely one. But that's that's, again, a very specific kind of thing. And like, honestly, to me, that's almost too easy of an answer. It's just like a seat where you can't see anything. Yeah. So what else makes a seat bad? So the seat where you can't see anything, one more thing on that. When the Nats first moved to D.C., they played at RFK for a couple Mm -hmm. years. And my Mm -hmm. father got us partial season tickets in 2006, I think. And we were, you remember the inner, the lower bowl in RFK was under the overhang. Yes. From the top bowl. I remember this. could not see the entire field field from the top of the inner bowl because the lower overhang would obscure Which is so weird because like they played baseball there. Right. Anyway, we were Yeah, that's a great one. So he, this dumb, dumb, love my dad, but you know, we had seats that you could not (laughs) see home plate. Like you couldn't see home plate from the seats. That's a bad because seat. Because of obscured above, which above. is so weird. Yeah, no, above. I, that's, a, that's a great one. That's a bad seat in the house. Other yeah. reasons for a bad seat in the house. I mean, like, you might, again, if you're talking season tickets, whatever, I, I actually would like to know, It's, it's I mean, I guess in theory, it's Dodger Stadium. Like, what is the seat that is the farthest from home plate? The Los Angeles Coliseum down the right field line. <laughs> right. Of the 30 active oh, parks? I mean, it has to be Oakland, but those seats aren't even open. Open in, Oakland and center is the answer. I climbed the inner bowl in Oakland. Yeah. Or the or the top deck down the left field line when yeah. I was there earlier this year. So it has to be Oakland. Yeah. I would love to know the answer in the non-football stadium. Whereas, like, the catwalk at Not the trough seat. is sick. <laughs> and that'd be awesome. I'd love to watch a game up there. So I don't know. I mean, and it's, if it's just distance, I'm sure there's some other... Actually, you know what? Let's just answer a slightly different question. What is your least favorite angle to watch a game from? Because I know we sit in the press box now, and obviously most press box are, are behind home plate. Um, and if we go to minor league games, we're just going to sit behind home. There's some value in sitting down the lines. But like, what is your least favorite angle to watch a game? Anywhere down the line between the base and the foul pole. Upper deck. Yeah, farther down that way. I like oh, a game from deck. the outfield. Yep. If that makes sense. I agree with that. I like watching from center, but if you're too off to the side, mm-hmm. there's a lot you just can't see and you have issue with various trajectories. Yes. And it's hard to like know what's going on with pitching. Yes. Yes. Right. Anything that's like totally sapping your ability to appreciate the pitcher, because yeah. you still can if you're close enough or even if you're down the lines, but yeah. Here's a take. Yeah. Sitting behind home plate is underrated. <laughs> it's underrated. <laughs> I you, hate that it's the most expensive because. Real ball fans appreciate it the most. Correct. You see what I'm saying? Correct. I think, yeah, 
behind home plate is underrated. It's incredible. Go to any minor league game and pay you know yeah, twelve bucks. Yeah, that's the it. thing. Like that, that that that's a great point. You will still enjoy. That's why we say all the time, just go to minor league games because you can't sit behind home plate for ten dollars. And it is just. It doesn't matter even who exactly is playing. Like just watching a baseball game from that close is is, is 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 amazing. All right, Jake, it's time for our grand finale. Yep. You want me to read it? Yes. This email comes from the original little poop monster at gmail.com. That is actually the email. That is email. I'm going to read it again. The original little poop monster at gmail.com. Not the knockoff little poop monster. Don't even it's think the OG. Uh, Jake, why don't you go ahead and read this email? Title, hello, old friends. Hi, Jake, Jordan, listeners. It's your boy, LP. It has been over seven years since I last graced your email inbox in almost 10 years since I first did so. A lot has changed since that time. In fact, most listeners nowadays are probably wondering why this is my name and what this shtick exactly is. And I think it's best to leave them in the dark and allow for the 1% of the audience who has been here since the beginning, the original podcast, to enjoy a dip back into the days of lawlessness and exuberant youth. But I digress. In September 2013, the athletics were good. Jake and Jordan were starting college. Chris Davis knew how to hit a baseball. Alan Craig was finishing up an all-star season. Wow. And was about to get uh, freaking tripped on. Tripped, <laughs> he was about to trip over Will Middlebrook. Drew a highlight of that postseason. And so much more was afoot. But now here we are in September 2023, 10 years later, after our first podcast. Crazy. And Alan Craig, <laughs> 10 years later, wondering where the time and Alan Craig have gone. I come to you now with a question or a hypothetical of sorts. You wake up tomorrow morning in the same bedroom. We've done that many times. <laughs> For the sake of this hypothetical, and in front of you stand two people. Who are they? Why, they're none other than the two of you from September of 2013. Of course. You must give them information to fill them in on the happenings of life in the past 10 years. But here is all I care to hear you tell them. And you cannot tell them any more than this. The full career information of five players. All of the information regarding three teams, one storyline that doesn't directly involve a single player or team, one thing from your personal life. Choose wisely. With love, Little Poop. Sent from Jake Alou's Blackberry. Thank wow. you to Little Poop for making a triumphant return. Uh, this is an amazing question. So I'm honestly kind of overwhelmed of trying to answer these questions. So the one thing from your personal life is easy. Yeah. Uh, for you... <laughs> It is, hey, the girl you just met on campus is your wife. Yes. And for me, it's, hey, that, that girl that you're currently dating is your wife as well. Yeah. So that's easy. That's a layup. Yeah. Right. Boring, but easy. Now, the other questions are so good and honestly, like probably deserve further preparation. I think the part I'm actually most interested in is the three teams from the standpoint of, which three teams have essentially had the most interesting last decade? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, if you have thoughts about the players, like, there's so, this is such a good yeah. question. So, I, I really like this. And the storyline does involve a single player. So, you I can take think, this wherever you want. But I'm interested in digging into the teams part. So, that I think you have to do the Cubs. Okay. I think yeah. you have to do the Cubs because 2016 is so fundamental. Yep. And we were there. That's true. We, to say that we, that's a great that's point. A great, to be like, you idiots. Yes. You 17-year-old and 18-year-old idiots. You're going to be there when the Cubs 
win or not whatever you will get Three, four, to, and yes, five. you will be the you will watch the cubs win a world series game at wrigley field yeah soon Soon, within the next <laughs> soon, three years. Soon, think about how shitty the Cubs were in 2013. Okay, anyway, that's that's a, that's a great that's a so great the point. Cubs is yes. just a layup. Yes, for me. Other teams that have now now, but but to be honest though, after that, you know, okay, it didn't work yeah, out. They stuck together. It's still relevant, and that, that yeah. that's that's you're right. That's an answer. So I'm trying to think of the the whole. And then story. you can kind of get like Theo fixing the rules. I think the storyline that I would tell would probably be rule changes, baseball related. Right. Something about that, yeah. If that that's 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 definitely a good one. Um, and that feel maybe that's recency bias. I mean, because the, the full season. career information for five players. One is Otani, because in 20, yep. 2013, we know nothing about him. Twenty thirteen, he's like, I think just drafted out of high school in Japan. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Okay, I think the other team I would pick would be the Nationals. Yes, yeah. Nationals were my next pick. Yeah, because twenty nineteen gets obscured, and now you also get the Juan Soto. I know it's. You know, you get all the information. You're essentially getting the Juan Soto story and trading the trading him and then where they're at now. I think the Nationals are the other obvious pick. So then the third pick in terms of teams. It's the layup, Jordan. Okay. It's the Houston Astros. Yeah, it's the Astros. That's, that's, that's the answer. They won two World Series during that time. In 2013, they were fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. And since then, yeah. they have become... Like, 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 be like imagine this saying, team. this is going to be the most hated team. Yeah, be like, two things. This is going to be the most hated team. This is going to be the best team. Right. Dodgers were still good. But like you would say at yeah. this point, you could say, hey, the Dodgers, you know, they're pretty good. This team will be with the Dodgers at the top of the sport for the next decade. This team. And everyone will hate them because of all these because things. Because of trash cans. <laughs> because of trash cans. So, yeah, I think the Astros are obvious. So those are my three teams, the Cubs, yeah. the Nationals, and the Astros. Yeah. I don't, I mean, other, because, yeah, like, I guess just if being you, like, hey, the Yankees haven't even made it to the World Series. If you push it back, <laughs> like, that would be kind of funny to say, but that's not yeah. like a big story. If you push it back a little bit, it'd be the Giants for 10, 12, and 14, but yeah. we get 10 and 12 yeah. in this scenario, so no. Our favorite teams, fuck them. Yeah. yeah, no, I also, like, I wouldn't want to spoil for my own team. Yeah. So, I wouldn't want to do One that. story, uh, all the information, uh, oh, other players. So, other players. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thought is like, hey, like, you just make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, Otani, I honestly, Bryce Harper would be Bryce Harper. But the Bryce Harper story is not like done yet, right? Like, yeah, but it's if you build it up and he, it's done. Yeah, it, it's not done, but I, it's 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 a good one. It's a good pick. You know where it's going. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I mean, there's some like really sad ones we don't have to. do. We that. already knew about <laughs> Trout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of again that, that, uh, from an efficiency standpoint, you would Vlad also be Junior hearing about is a fun one. <laughs> At that and Tatis point, Jr. Like oh, these Tatis guys, Jr. I mean, we really don't even know anything about that yet. Be like, okay, so there's this ten year old named Yuri Perez. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> He'll be here really soon. Jason Dominguez. Uh, so anyway, this is a great question, and honestly, I would love to hear other people's answers on that. So yeah. maybe that's a good place to end. Hey, Paul Skeens is gonna riz up <laughs> Livy Nut. Livy. Okay. Anyway, um, that's it. We did a mailbag podcast. We hope you all enjoyed. If you want to answer this question from Little Poop, uh, please do. You can, is, I would love to hear people's answers. Are we going to reveal Little Poop's identity or no? No. No. I think we, no, we don't have to do that. No. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, this has been a mailbag episode of Baseball Barbecast on this Labor Day. We'll be back on Wednesday with more timely reactions to the world of baseball. But until then, thank you to Chris Tyler for producing this. Thank you, Jake Mintz, for hosting me in your backyard. 
Thank you to uh, yeah everyone who listened. You can email us baseballbarbecast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Make sure you subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a rating review. Tell us how we're doing. We hope you enjoyed this. Um, but until Wednesday, have a good week, and we'll talk to you very soon. Serious XM Podcasts.